Hello, and welcome to the service for April 10th, 2022 at the First Love Ministries with the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois. Our Reverend Jonathan Warren has titled his sermon today, Parade of Contrast. Our service starts out with the children's processional waving palm fronds as we sing hymn number 197, Hosanna, Loud Hosanna. Our liturgist today is David Elbers. Our anthem, Ride on King Jesus, is performed by our very own chancel choir. Our scripture reading is from Psalms 118, verse 1 and 2, and then 19 through 29. Our gospel reading is taken from Luke 19, 28-40. We here at First Love Ministries at the First Presbyterian Church pray that you have a safe, peaceful, and healthy week. God bless.
The scripture reading is from Psalm 118, 1, 2, and 19 through 29. Let us listen to the word of God. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
gospel lesson comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, beginning with the 28th verse. Let us listen to the Word of God. After he had said this, Jesus went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethpage and Bethany at the place where the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why, why are you untying it? Just say this, The Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had been that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. So he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I know we just learned about one parade at the, on Palm Sunday, but I don't know if most of us know that there were actually two parades around this holiday. During the first century, the Roman governor of Judea would come from his coastal residence in the west to Jerusalem for Passover. The festival of Passover would swell Jerusalem's normal population of 50,000, to 200,000 people. The festivities would begin with a Roman military parade with Pilate entering from the west, riding a horse and chariot. In their book, The Last Week, authors Borg and Crossan write, a visual panoply of imperial power, cavalry on horses, foot soldiers, leather armor, helmets, weapons, banners, golden eagles mounted on poles, sun glinting on metal and gold, the sounds, the marching of feet, the creaking of leather, the clinking of bridles, the beating of drums, the swirling of dust, the eyes of the silent onlookers, some curious, some awed, some resentful. And then from the east came another procession, Jesus wore an ordinary robe and rode into the city on a donkey, a colt that had never been ridden. While we celebrate it with shouting Hosanna in the highest, it was actually a commoner's procession. It was in direct contrast to the Roman military parade from the West. He essentially planned a symbolic and prophetic processional using Zechariah's prophecy to prepare for the coming of a new kind of king, Jesus rode the most unthreatening, most unmilitary mount imaginable. Bork and Crossan explain, 
what we often call the triumphal entry, was actually an anti-imperial, anti-triumphal one, a deliberate lampoon of the conquering emperor. It's intriguing, isn't it? Two parades representing two kingdoms, two ideologies on the same day. Rome comes in from the west on a horse displaying its might and power while the ruler of the universe enters from the east on a borrowed colt. As one pastor claims, Palm Sunday is a day of contrast. And the people are smack dab in the middle of it all. This is the dilemma of Palm Sunday. On one hand, it is a celebration of a new kingdom, and yet we know it also leads Jesus to the cross. One where we begin with a parade, but by the end, we pivot to the cross. We even hear it in the hymns that we sing today, moving us from joyful and triumphant singing, shouting, Hosanna in the highest, to denial and crucifixion. Were you there when they crucified our Lord? We know that the very city who welcomes him into the gates will soon scream for his blood. Palm Sunday is a day of contrast. In fact, some of the Pharisees even try to warn Jesus because they know of Rome's power and his procession is anti-imperial, so they ask him to silence the crowd. Silence the crowd, Jesus. But Jesus is unafraid. I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out, he says, which hearkens the prophecy from Habakkuk, which says, the stones will cry out against the corruption of the wicked. Jesus knows exactly what he's doing, and this parade is one of rebellion, because they're all witnesses of the corruption. And he says, nobody can silence the wicked. And the very cries of the praise that welcomes the son of David we also bear witness to the brokenness of our world. And we too live in this world of contrasts and contradictions. We recognize that the only way to create peace is by initiating war or by building a large army. Schools often encourage competition over cooperation. Parents confront fear by buying a handgun for the dresser drawer. Strong are strengthened by holding off the weak. Government and businesses seek to win at all costs, even if it bankrupts them. Oftentimes, the only way to make it in this world of contrasts is in the middle. We find ourselves in the interstices, in the small space or interval between two things or parts, like Sunshine filtered through the interstices of the arching trees or like interstices between the slats of a fence. We, like the crowd on Palm Sunday, find ourselves at the interstices of two parades, at the interstices of two kingdoms, the worldly and the heavenly kingdoms. We see the power and might of the Roman army, the imperial world of our world. 
And yet we shout out against corruption with a glimpse of God's glory. Sometimes the only way we can reconcile the two contrasts is to walk carefully on this interstice. We live at times in the middle or at the interstices of life during big life transitions. We often see the contrast colliding. We have one foot in the future while the other one is in the past. And this balancing act we have to make is usually very uneasy. The new job or the birth of a child, the marriage, or as we face retirement, when we move or receive positive test results from the doctor's office, we're often left at this interstice with the bittersweet taste that's in our mouth. Certainly, you can imagine when we change a job, it can feel exciting and uplifting on one hand, but it's also challenging as we must say goodbye. We have to change and leave. We might disappoint some, even ourselves. Confirmation is also a place of interstice. Today we celebrate these confirmation students who are now stepping up into their own faith. What does that mean? It means they'll have to navigate the world and God's call for their lives This isn't an easy task for most Christians to navigate, let alone new ones. They might not understand everything. They certainly will at times question their faith. They may be disappointed by the church, by the world, by God. At some point, we discover that we're like the crowds on Palm Sunday. We face this interstice, this choice between two parades, two kingdoms, two ideologies. We have one foot on the ground of this world and the other and a foot that sees God's glory, God's vision, God's kingdom. It's not yet realized. we see but a glimpse of God's glory, but yet we're still at that interstice. We know God's joy and peace and comfort, but we still struggle. We're afraid and we experience heartache and trouble. We celebrate with Jesus. Today, we also know where this parade will lead him, that the Romans will beat him, that they will push him down and nail him to a cross. We, like the crowd, shout both, Hosanna in the highest, and a few days also shout, Crucify Him. This is not an easy place to be, living in the interstices of life. 
But we do have a glimpse. We know where this journey leads. Even though we're part of the crowd, the one that cheers and jeers, we know that God's plan won't leave us here living in this interstice of life. This year we had what I called COVID confirmation. It wasn't what we normally do, but we all knew we still needed to have it. Our kids and families have been waiting, and we couldn't push it off any longer. As a pastor leading these students through COVID confirmation, I was worried they weren't fully ready and as prepared as they should be. We didn't have a chance to get through all the teachings. They didn't have the mentors that they normally should have. They didn't get to eat snacks and pizza like we normally do. But near the end of confirmation, we got together as a group to make a confirmation banner. I have to admit, I was under the weather, and I am not artistic at all, so I was very nervous about this endeavor. So I gave the youth some options for the banner. It was interesting. They all agreed on a symbol and a scripture verse together. It didn't take long. There wasn't even much discussion. They knew right away that the compass was something they wanted to pick. The verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, with it, which says, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Even as we were painting this, some of the students were worried because there were some mistakes in it. But even while there were some mistakes, we recognized that even had power and meaning behind it. Kind of what we've all dealt with through this pandemic. recognize that making mistakes is not about what we get right or what we get wrong, because God is our compass, especially in a time of great interstice, it's a time of contrast, We're looking at both sides. God knows the plans for us, for our welfare and not for harm, to give us a future with hope. So today, as we move forward in this journey of Lent, let us not walk on this line of interstice any longer, but fully embrace and walk with Jesus with God, who is our compass, who is the one who knows our plans for our welfare, not for harm. God gives us a future with hope. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
If you found this podcast inspirational and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 217-245-4189. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at f-i-r-s-t-p-r-e-s-j-a-x dot o-r-g. Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in-person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S Jacks. You can join our Facebook group called First Presbyterians with a Purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night and we welcome all who are willing to sing. We look forward to hearing from you either by email, mail, or phone. God bless And may you have a peaceful and safe year.